0: At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. This morning, we're going to be continuing a sermon series that we began a number of weeks ago called Mission Endure. We've been talking about how we can endure on the the mission that Christ has called us to. And we have looked at the anchor for this concept, 2 Corinthians chapters 4 through 7. And we've been walking through those chapters verse by verse over the last number of weeks. Today we're in the fifth week of this series, but we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to bounce outside of 2 Corinthians 4 through 7. We're going to stay on theme enduring on mission, but we're going to bounce outside of those verses to see, really, a little more about this issue of legacy, to see a little bit more about legacy. Now, what is a legacy? Well, one definition that we could use for legacy is, legacy is our life's influence that outlives us. Legacy is our life's influence that outlives us. How we impact the generation that follows us. This is our legacy. Now, legacy is something that matters to us. It's it's something that you care about. I can see it in your eyes as I talk about this concept. But I know it not just because I see it in your eyes. I know it because it's also the theme of a number of works of literature and art. One of the examples of this is the very popular musical Hamilton. Now, Hamilton is maybe about a lot of things, but one of the things it's certainly about is drawing in people who watch it. It is on pace to become the most watched musical of all time. It's already fourth on the list all time, and it's only been around since 2015. Amazingly popular musical. But we might ask why is Hamilton so popular? And you might first hypothesize that the reason why it's so popular is because George Washington raps in it. And that would be a good guess as to why it would be so popular. But I think it's also popular because it deals with the topic of legacy. It deals with the topic of legacy. You see, Alexander Hamilton and the founding fathers of the United States longed to see something that would outlive them. They weren't trying to just build something that they would experience and enjoy in their life. They wanted to hand on a country to their children and their children's children. That's why inside of the music of the song at one critical point, Alexander says this. He says, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. I wrote some notes at the beginning of a song. Someone will sing for me. Our lives are investing in things that will have an impact in the next generation. We will leave a footprint on this earth. And we will do so in the lives of those around us. The last line of the musical, a haunting line. Who tells your story? There will be a story that will be told about our lives. And it will not be told by us. It will be told by those who follow us. What story will the next generation tell about your life? This is the question of legacy. Now, the concept of a legacy is not just something that is found in musicals, it's also something that is found on the pages of Scripture. And this morning, our anchor to talk about legacy will be the life of this man named Timothy. Now, who was Timothy? Timothy was one of Paul's friends but he was no other than the co-writer of the letter of 2 Corinthians. You see, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, but he tells us in chapter 1, verse 1, that this was a letter from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So the the very letter that we've been reading was co-authored by Timothy. And I want us to think for a moment this morning about the influences that God used to shape Timothy into the man that he was. I want us to look at Timothy as a laboratory for legacy. What do we learn about legacy by looking at Timothy's life? And what we see is that Timothy's life was impacted by two different streams, at least two different streams. One was the stream of his earthly family, and the other was the stream of his church family. This morning, I want us to look at both as we look at Timothy's life and we find out more about what it means to leave a legacy. The first thing I want us to see has to do with our earthly family. And we're reminded as we reflect on Timothy's life that we can leave a legacy in our earthly family. Now, we see this in Timothy's life in a number of different ways. I mean, you realize that Timothy had a mama and a daddy. As did all of the people in the Bible, except Adam and Eve. We'll cut them some slack. But the rest of them, moms and dads, they were born into families. And Timothy was no different. Timothy had a mom and dad, and we're reminded of this in Paul's second letter to Timothy. When he writes to him in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, he says, I'm reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Paul looked at the legacy of Timothy's life and said, Timothy, you have learned to trust in Christ through the influence of your mom and your grandma. And Paul is celebrating that in this moment. Now, how did the mom and grandma come to faith? Well, Acts chapter 16 gives us a little bit of a clue. On Paul's first missionary journey, the verses that immediately precede this section, Paul had traveled through... The region of world that included Galatia, modern day Turkey. And inside of that region were a couple of different cities, Derby and Lystra. And there was a family who lived there, who had a mom, Eunice, and a grandmother, Lois, and a son, Timothy. And Acts 16 says that Paul came back to Derby and Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer but his father was a Greek. So, apparently, Timothy was a believer, as was his mom and grandma, though his dad was an unbeliever. Maybe on Paul's first missionary journey, he shares the truth of the gospel, he talks about who Jesus really is, and Eunice and Lois place their faith in Christ. Then they take that newfound faith in Jesus' home and they begin to share it with those who live in the home, including Timothy, who also comes to faith. Pretty significant moment. So the faith of Lois and Eunice has an impact on Timothy. But I think there's something important that we need to think about, and that is this. Timothy did not inherit their faith. Timothy did not inherit their faith. God used Eunice and Lois to point Timothy to Christ, but Timothy did not come to Christ merely because he was the biological child of Eunice or the grandson of Lois. We know this because when we look at John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, we're reminded that it's not a bloodline that draws us to Jesus. It is faith in God that brings us to him. He says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Timothy did not come to faith because of the bloodline of his family. He came to faith because God had called him, and Timothy had received that gift by faith and had begun following Christ. But God used Eunice and Lois to point Timothy in that direction. That's why Paul says that he notices in Timothy this family resemblance of the sincere faith that he saw first in Eunice and Lois, and now Paul says, I see it in you, Timothy, as well. So there is a a legacy, there is an impact that has flown through this family from Lois and Eunice on down to Timothy. Now, how did they do it? How did they pour and point Christ into their kids? Well, we give a little bit of a hint of this in 2 Timothy chapter three, verses 14 and 15. Paul is writing here to Timothy and he says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul says, Timothy, I I understand that when you were growing up, you were familiar with the scriptures because they were mentioned in your home. They were talked about. They were read. They were meditated upon. They were sung. And because of that, Timothy, you you have a concept and a category, and your faith in God grew in the greenhouse of the Word of God being shared freely inside of your home. Lest we forget the two very famous verses that follow this, we see what immediately follows is verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Why is it that Eunice and Lois read God's Word and, and meditated on it and sung about it inside of the home? Well, they did so because they knew that it would be profitable for both themselves and those they loved. They understood that the perspective that they were to bring into life and the perspective they wanted to see formed in their son and grandson must be impacted by God's Word. And so they were meditating and reading it and singing about it and sharing it inside of the home. Now, friends, we long for this kind of influence we long to have an influence to leave a godly legacy in our earthly family. You know why I know that? Because at 945, in the middle of a monsoon rainstorm, you got out on Mother's Day to come to church. Why did you come here? Because mom dragged us. I get it. But why, why did you come? Why did mom drag you here? Not just so you could get dressed up in some good clothes for a picture, though we It's a nice byproduct. That's not why you're here. You're here today because someone in your family desires a godly legacy, desires the faith that exists in one generation to be passed on to the next or to echo back to the one that preceded it. There is a a desire for godly legacy that that is present in this room. And one of the places, one of the locations where God can really work through us to leave a legacy is in our earthly family. And we should not forget that today. Andy Stanley said this, it's a quote that's in my office. I think about this often. He says, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Friends, there is significant ministry that can happen inside of our homes. And so, if that's our desire and that's where we're leaning, then the question really should be how do we introduce God to our families? How do we introduce God to our kids, to our children? Well, a few ideas. The first idea is this pray to God for your family. Pray to God for your family spend time talking to the one who created all of this about your family and specifically about the spiritual condition of your family. You know, I'm tremendously blessed, friends, and, and I know many of you in this room are as well. I'm tremendously blessed from the family that I was born into. I was talking to my mom just a few weeks ago, and she shared that she prays for me every day. And then she said that she also prays for my sister every day. So in the era of live stream, Debbie, yes, she's praying for you too. But what a gift to have a mother who is praying for you, talking to the God of the universe about you. Friends, you want to leave a legacy? Pray to God for your family. Second thing, read God's word as a family. Read God's Word as a family. Now, what does that look like? What well, looks different in different seasons? When, when our son Josh was very young, reading God's Word as a family mostly involved pictures with a few words underneath that we would we would read at bedtime, and then it, it, it gradually advanced to the Jesus Storybook Bible as we would read through the story of Scripture and see where Christ shows up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's an amazing story in these illustrations. But it continues on even today. That We encourage and have an environment where God's Word is important, and we read it. Even we've got a vacation that's coming up, And I just ordered three books for us so that each of us would have one so that we could begin each day of our vacation having a conversation about our relationship with God. Friends, if we want God to be an impact impact on our kids' lives, we want to leave a legacy of spiritual influence, read God's word as a family. Third thing, model God's life for your family. Model God's life for your family. If you want your children to know what it looks like to follow Christ, then you follow him. Obey him. Take serious these things. When you blow it, ask for forgiveness. But your children will will learn what it looks like to follow Jesus by, by watching us. Model God's life for your family. Fourth, sing God's songs with your family. Sing God's songs with your family. I I heard John MacArthur say several years ago, if you want your children to follow Christ, fill your your home with the songs of the Lord. What a great statement. We remember music, don't we? Let's sing about our God together. Now, I I don't want to put off a false pretense. Um, The Robinson House, we, we listen to music besides just Christian music. I am a child of the 80s after all. Um, but what I, what I would love to, to re- encourage us on is that our, our homes should, should be a place where we learn in memorable ways the truths of our God. And songs of faith are a great way to do that. We have a big chalkboard in our living room, and we have kind of a song of the month. We'll write lyrics up on that board just to remind us again of the truths of God. Pray to God, read God's word, model God's life, sing God's songs, congregate among God's people. Congregate among God's people. You know, if we say that, that God is our God, that he's our Lord, that He is what matters most, then shouldn't it show up in the way that we spend our time? I mean, if we tell our kids that, that our relationship with God is what is most important to us, and yet we, we always have something else to do that keeps us from being with God's people, what message do we send? Friends, we have an opportunity to be among God's people and allow God's people to have an impact on our kids' life, even beyond us, but alongside of us. we congregating with God's people. And then lastly, are we serving those made in God's image? If you want your children to grow up and not just have an intellectual concept of God, but to have... A real, really a life that is following him. We can't follow Jesus unless we're serving others. We can model that, but we also can encourage it, and we can come alongside as we serve him together. Friends, these are some ways that we can do this. And you notice that that God is in all of these, right? If we want to introduce God to our family, we need to bring God's word in. We need to bring God's songs in. We need to pray to God. We need to gather among God's people. We need to serve others in, in God's name. See, that is where it is important for us to to remember. And there's some actions and activities that we can do. But friends, there's something else I want to talk about. And that is this. Though all of these things are important and impactful, they are not a recipe. They're not a recipe. You know, a recipe says, if I put this amount of stuff in the bowl and I mix it and I put it in the oven, it will come out a cake. A cake. And friends, the reality is that you can do all of these things and you do not have a guarantee of a response. Some of the most godly families I know who have loved their families and modeled and pointed them and read Scripture and prayed have children that have not yet begun to follow Christ or have wandered away from Him. There's no guarantee. But here's the encouragement I would give you today. Though there is no guarantee, God is honored when we trust him with the things that matter the most to us. Our kids, they matter to us, right? God is honored when we trust him with our family, with our kids. He's honored when we pray to him about them. He's honored when we we share his truth with them. God is honored in that way, and so we live our lives before God And he is honored when we trust him with our families. And the second thing that's super critical for us to remember, the the story's not over. The story's not over. Their story is not over. Who knows what God will do in the years in front of them? Keep loving them. And your story is not over. You're still here. Invest in them. And if for whatever reason life has ended... We rest and trust in the sovereignty of God. But while we have time and while we have ability, even though there's no guarantee, may we invest in leaving a legacy in our earthly families. For Timothy, it came from mom and grandma. Where does the investment in your family come from? So this is one stream. But there's a second stream of influence that was flowing into Timothy's life. And that was an investment not from his earthly family, but from his eternal family, from his church family. And friends, if you began to check out in the first half of this message because you feel like it didn't apply to you because you don't have children or you're not married yet or whatever it might be, hey, guess what? This is a reminder that we all need to wake up. Every single one of us can wake up to this reality. God wants to use each of us to have a legacy impact inside of our eternal family. Now, this is something that was true for the Apostle Paul with Timothy. See, Timothy's life had been impacted by Paul. Paul had made one trip through the region, had started a church. Mom and grandma come to faith. Mom and grandma then pass that faith on to their son, Timothy. And then Paul makes a second trip through. And Paul came back to Derby and Lystra, and there was a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. He had begun to have a track record. And Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. So Paul comes through on his second missionary journey, and even though Timothy was only about 16 years old at this time... Paul says, hey, Timothy, you want to go with me? You want to go on this missionary journey with me and proclaim Christ in all of these cities? And Timothy and his family say yes. And so Timothy takes off and begins to accompany Paul on these trips. Because of that, Paul would often refer to Timothy as his true child in the faith. He says in 1 Timothy 1, 2, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, in 1.18, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, to Timothy, my beloved child. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, you then, my child. Paul viewed Timothy like his child. Now, why did Paul view him that way? Did he view him that way because he was his biological father? No, there was no biological connection between the two. But he viewed him that way because Paul was investing in him like a spiritual father to a spiritual child. So even though there wasn't a bloodline connection, because by the way, how many bloodline children did Paul have? Zero. But how great was Paul's influence in the world, in the legacy that he left, it was enormous because he was investing in people like Timothy. Now, this expansion from just a earthly family to an eternal family is is a a marked differentiation between the Old and the New Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, um, there are a number of biological family trees they're all over the place. They're in almost all of those Old Testament books. There's, there's some reference to a, a biological family tree. But in the New Testament, how many family trees do we find? There's only, I'll give you a clue, one. It's found in two places, but there's only one family tree, and it is the family tree of who? Jesus. Do so you understand how this works? In the Old Testament, it was significant to determine what family you were a part of, what tribe you were a part of in Israel because of the way that God had constructed things in the Old Covenant. But in the New Covenant, in the era in which we now live, there is one family tree that matters. It is everything down to Jesus. And then from that point on, it is not a matter of are we born biologically, but are we born again in Him? If we are born again in Christ, Then we have an inheritance. Then we have a family. Then we have a blessing. This is what we are reminded of in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, when he says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Whose house are we a part of? We're a part of God's house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Friends, in this era, we have an opportunity to leave a family impact, not just in our earthly family, though that is significant and important, but also in our eternal family, inside of our church family, as we relate to one another. As brothers and sisters, and as encouragers in the faith, just as Paul was to Timothy. See, we can have spiritual children. Regardless of what the condition is of our earthly family, we can have spiritual children. In Christ, we can have spiritual children, just like Paul. And so, friends, we have an opportunity to leave a legacy in the lives of those around us. So, who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? Who might view you as a spiritual parent? Who is someone that you're pouring into? So, a few questions. One, who are you inviting into your life and onto mission with Jesus with you? I... I think it's fascinating that when Paul showed up in the city of, of Derby and Lystra and he's inviting Timothy to come along, he, he invited him to come along. He says to Timothy, hey, Timothy, I know it's, it's, a, it's a rough world out there. You want to you wanna come along with me as we serve Christ? We figure out what it looks like to do that together? Now, in order to do that, Paul had to leave some space in his schedule for Timothy it might not have been all that efficient on the front end. You know, it's, it's a difficult world out there. And Timothy is 16, just a young guy. How is it that Paul would do this? Well, he understood that his life was to pour into others who would then be able to pour into others also. And Timothy was the recipient of Paul's investment. Who are you pouring into Who are you inviting to serve Jesus with you? And who are you leaving space in your life for? Our lives are busy. But might I encourage us to have a category, to leave some space, to invite someone along for the journey. Who are you cheering for? You know, many places in the New Testament, we see Paul cheering for Timothy and those others that were his spiritual children. Friends, I I can tell you that in my office right now, there are pictures of some of the heroes that have come through here that I've had a chance to interact with at Wildwood that are now serving Christ in other places around the world. And I just want you to know that when I see their pictures on the wall of my office or I get an email from them, I just begin to cheer, thinking about what God is doing in their lives around the world. Friends, you and I can have an opportunity We have an opportunity to be a part of leaving a legacy in the lives of others that will far exceed what is otherwise possible. And who are you pouring into? Who are you pouring into? Friends, leave a legacy in your families, your earthly family and your eternal family. What story will your children share The generation after us will tell a story about the impact of our lives. What story will they share about you? May we trust Christ to leave a legacy for him in our homes and in the church. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for just this opportunity to open your word and be challenged by it today. Thank you for just uh, the blessing to be among your people this morning. Um, as we reflect on this. Lord, may may we walk away with renewed uh, sense of encouragement and urgency to point those in our homes to you. Lord, that there might be lives changed as a result. And Lord, I also want to pray that you would give us eyes and space and our time and schedule to, to really invite others to come along with us, that we might all have not just families at home, but families in the spirit, an eternal family inside of your household, the church. Lord, may may you be glorified in all that we do. And we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.